last week on Lore Seekers. Lemon pledge. <laughs> Lemon moon sugar. No, no, no. <laughs> All right. Like, I love Somerset. That was such a beautiful expansion. Possibly, hands down, the most beautiful expansion that I've ever experienced, ever. Oh, yeah. For ever. sure. Ever. You have to wait until they land, and then your group pounces. It's like a massive gank fest on a on a dragon. <laughs> yeah, and I love the fact that it, that it takes more players to take down one of these beasties. She totally has siege weapons pointed down at the population just to make sure they don't overthrow her. Yeah, she's nasty. Who does that? Greetings, travelers. Welcome to the Lore Seekers podcast. Grab an ale and join our two adventurers as they share their tales of misadventure in the land of Tamriel. Here they are at their usual table. Jibs and cash. I need a drink right away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where's she at? Barmaid! Barmaid! Oh, here she comes. What can I get you, boys? Ooh. Oh, Skippy Top. She was she yeah. got a Skippy Top on she, this week. What, what happened to your? What happened to the armor? The rest of it. The, yeah, where's the, the rest of it? What, <laughs> all right, we'll just we'll just let. Um, what what are you ordering? Uh, Daedric Lava Whiskey. It's a special here. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll, you know what? Make that two. Make that two. And um, I'm not sure that's appropriate attire for our customers, but you okay? You she's. But oh, we like. Look. Oh, she's she's Coming walking right up. up. There, she's walking away. There we go. We got the right one. I swear I know what I'm doing. All right, <laughs> what's You're going so on? Dirty. What's what's going on? <laughs> I don't know what's going on with you, but I've had uh, I've had a, a week as usual. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, just a week of um, you know the thing that you have to do to make money. I think they call it adulting. Mm. Yeah. Um, but still. Haven't missed a day. Oh, every yeah. day, even w- like even when I'm at work and I get the old occasional you know nut kick where they get both of them. Oh yeah, I'm still logging in. Right in a punch. Yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. Well, look, man, a guy's got to get his tickets for one. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm I'm not really I'm not gonna lie. The Indrick things like it's cool, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of ready for a new mount to be part of that program. So right now I'm just spending all my tickets on the um, motifs that I'm not getting throughout mm-hmm. the week. Mm-hmm. And trust you, me, yeah. playing a little bit today, I'm like, okay, these are going to be harder to get. <laughs> Much oh, yeah. harder to get, unless you're in a group in Cyrodiil. So I'm probably going to be spending my tickets this week on um, on um, motifs. Oh, ooh, are you now? Okay. Um, I'm stockpiling mm-hmm. mine for later, for sales later in the in the year. Oh, your motifs. Yeah. Yeah, the, I mean, the ones that, you know, the ones that drop. I gotta get him. Like I want Abner Tharn's gear. Man, you know what? I looked at that gear today because that very thing that you just said. I'm like, Cash told me, or he said last show. It's like I gotta have this gear. And I looked at his gear, and I'm just like, mm, yeah. I like his dagger. Potato, potato guy. His dagger's dope. I mean, I'm not trying to dissuade you. It's awesome. I'm sorry that came off. Well, rude. Let, I'm okay, so right. <laughs> Go on. Sorry. Go on. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. I guess, dude, you can interrupt me anytime. I don't care. I'm just, I have, I got like things going on in my mind right now. I am having the most severe gamer ADD this week. It's insane. So remember how I was doing so good without rolling new characters? Oh, yeah. You kind of threw that out the window, didn't you? 
I have rolled three new characters this week. Oh, three my. new ones, and two of them have died already. <laughs> you know what? Trying things. I'm serious. It's I'm I'm trying different things, and I'm yeah. I've try, I'm not even going to say because there's probably people out there that play the class that <laughs> that I rolled and didn't like, and I was like, okay, I, this it's not for me. I, I'm coming to grips with the fact that I love magicka based characters and that's just it i mean i can play i can play a stamina based character character if it's ranged and that's why i love the bobo warden so much or really anything bobo which by the way is becoming very popular nowadays and it's not really? because of us obviously but a bobo build stamina build is becoming very very powerful nowadays it's going to get more popular elsewhere with the new armor sets coming up so, so anyway, I rolled three new characters this week. I already murdered two, um, and then I kept my uh, my little Kajidi um, Healy Templar for PvP. So I'm having some fun with him. Um, nice. Yeah, Magic and Nightblade. That one I've been working on for probably the past week, just kind of on and off. But uh-huh. Uh-huh. I have a Kajidi Magic and Nightblade, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's an interesting class. Mm. I like it because you can play it from ranged and still have. All the dagger, sneaky, sneaky, stabby stuff. It's kind of cool. Hmm. I dig it. Yeah. I dig it. It's funny you bring up Nightblades because uh, so this past week, uh, you know, I'm getting stuff's been busy with school and real life. You know, I got finals coming up. Uh, a grown man going back to school. It's kind of odd, but anyway, got right, Yo, you grown ass man writing, <laughs> writing, uh, writing uh, all these reports and essays and multiple page papers. I'm like, good lord. So anyway, between all that, when I'm not working on Lord Seeker stuff or whatever, I have uh, really—I tell you what, man. So I feel like I'm working through this like on the show. So like every episode, you know, the first one, I'm like, oh man, I'm in a holding pattern. I don't know what to do. You know, I need. You know, I'm very goal driven when it comes to ESO, and so I'm like, I need a goal. I need something. You know. And mm-hmm. fur- further progressed, you know, one episode, another episode, another one, and now I find myself like I'm enjoying. Like I can't wait to play a necromancer but i'm enjoying this time because it is really helping me figure out what kind of player i am and what i want out terrible of one. elder scrolls online did you say terrible one what no i didn't i coughed for a minute oh okay fantastic um uh shot in the nuts so anyway i'm pretty you know i'm, I'm getting stuff figured out and uh figuring out how i want to what kind of character i want to play or how i want to uh enjoy eso and so, deleted some tunes, redid some things. I know I wanted a Stam DK, so I'm working on him just for in-game PvP. But also, um, I started a Khajiit Stamina Nightblade for the sole purpose of uh, treasure treasure runs, treasure chest runs, farming, and uh, stealing. So mm, that's very sexy. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, yeah. So it's very smart, actually. It's it's very smart. Thank you. I'm still stuck in that realm of I want one character to do everything on, and just don't know if that's very possible in this game. You know, the more and more we do this, the more I'm kind of starting to think it's not. Like, there's certain characters that you do that you go to to expect certain things from. Yeah, fully effectively, and like like I was saying before, I fully admit that I have gamer ADD, so I will play a class for a little while and then be like, "Yeah, I'm ready for something else." Right. And then, hence, a new character is born. Yeah. So, 
I don't care. You know what I did figure out though is I was so compulsive in like I don't like that class. I'm out. And I get a character like fifteen or twenty, and I'm like I don't like that class. I'm out. So I just you know type delete, and then I forget that I made him like a pretty decent set of like starter PvP armor or something. I'm like son of a damn. You know the funny story about that? I you know when I early on when I was um, coming you know uh, getting acquainted with ESO again you know the show had just started and all that. I was deleting characters that I know I had well over a hundred thousand alliance points on, and I didn't know it. Like I was just spamming delete, getting them out, not even realizing. I bet you I lost at least five hundred k of alliance points. It's universal, isn't it? No, per like, character. I thought, oh, I thought they were across all your characters. Oh well, I mean, I really don't pay super close attention to that stuff because I don't really use alliance points. Oh man, that's how buy you buy much stuff. You should. That's how you turn. I mean, I'll buy like siege and stuff like that with it, but no, bro, no, yeah. no, 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 no. You gotta go to you gotta go to Cyrodiil, and if you're not even gonna use those suckers, turn that into turn that into gold. Go to the the Overland set vendor in Cyrodiil, and go th- go to Deshaun because you're gonna get some of the PVP sets. We've done right. this before. I, yeah, I've done that a few times. I've done yeah. that a few times. But I mean, it's not, it's not like a thing that I do all yeah, the time. Yeah, there's a motif there. Oh, I really. Good. What'd you call me? You heard me. There's a motif oh. there you could get. The uh, oh, yeah, the, uh it's the kind of like samurai-ish, you know. You know what I'm saying? Yokuza, the Yokuza. I'm throwing one? down the yakuza, the yakuza one. Yakuza or yokuden? Y- yokuden. <laughs> I don't know. You like Vikings in Elder Scrolls Online? So the last time you that. keep you keep Ragnar out of this. How many times we got to go? <laughs> oh, there's that. Oh man! All right, well we got to get started. Everybody, thank you all so much for hanging out with us, and welcome again. This is the Lore Seekers Podcast. We are your hosts. I am Jordan Butts or Jibs for short, and I'm joined by Cash. Yeah, I was sleepy time right before the show. It's nice to be home and like sitting in my own chair mm. and having a chat with the peeps and. I just been working a lot, so it's nice to be mm. home. It is nice. Yeah. Homes with the heart mm-hmm. is they say. Yes. So anyway, well, if you were tuning in, if you missed last week, uh, you missed a good episode. We talked uh, experiences and elsewhere. We debuted a brand spanking new segment, straight for your ear holes, called the Armory. And we did a lore lesson on my eek, the freaking eek. It's pretty good. You should go check it out. So there's that. This week on the show, though. This week on the show, Whew, we got a good show lined up for you. So this week, we are going the road to elsewhere is pretty much what this is coming down to. By the time this releases, I think we will have exactly 30 days, or no, 31 days until elsewhere. So now we're in the road to elsewhere. So we're going to prepare you with new details from the devs themselves. Also, we'll be learning about Kajidi architecture and uh, kind of a, a further elaboration on what you can look to expect in elsewhere. As far as the land is concerned, and the conflict, and everything that's going on. So, on top of that, we got uh, we're going over new armor sets via the PTS patch notes, and uh, maybe the mail carrier will make a stop. But uh, before the mail carrier, we also got polishing it off with a cold glass of lore lesson with Lyris and the prophets. Yeah, you know, we figured we're we're uh, stealing all their clothes these you know these last couple of weeks and the week coming up. So we might as well talk a little bit about. True. Lyrics and the Prophet. Why do they wear the clothes they wear? Where have they been? Mm. Can you oh. imagine the Prophet um, naked? Oh nope. my god, that is so random and disgusting. Y- isn't that disgusting? 
That's the, yeah, be the worst like, image ever. Yeah, old balls <laughs> and everything. <laughs> you, you do mm. not come back from that. That is that's oh. what happens right there. We don't. So, like, yeah, uh, we just have a ton of stuff to cover. Okay. Not just with the show, but there's new cool things. stuff. New things. Yeah, yeah, new things going on. So New things, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, can I mention a couple of them just real quick? I know we're probably going to hit them again at the end, but... Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, go ahead. So, Lore Seekers has very, very recently launched Across the Pond. So, we have uh, Lore Seekers guilds now for PC in Europe and yeah, for Xbox man. in Europe. So we're just missing that one little bit. We need a PS4 uh, guild over there, and we're still working on that. So anyway, if you play uh, PC EU or Xbox EU... We're global now, baby. You can now be a lore seeker. Yep. Yeah. Chat's yep. freaking out. Cannot unsee that image. Hey, he said taking their clothes. Okay? I'm just saying... Well, if you take their clothes, taking their clothes. be there? Old balls. All right, that's then. That's what there. I was saying. I'm not saying I want to see that. What's the matter with you? Not on Lyris. Come on, guy. I'm, I'm talking profit. We're talking. We got to move I'm on just from making that. making sure. We got to move on from that. No, I will not. She's a huge win. <laughs> I will not disparage that. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, what you just said. We are global now, man. We are global. It's such a big deal. We're, Cash and I, we were. I was driving home from work and I was super excited. Just the fact that finally, finally. We are right. on PC in EU and on Xbox in EU. Couldn't be more happy. Couldn't be more overjoyed. Uh, when we put that out we- on the social media channels, it just like <laughs> the the apps just kept on coming. <laughs> yeah, and I, we could not honestly, we could not have picked better people to run them. So, oh my gosh, yeah, very, very stoked. Very, um, very, very happy with our over GMs. Oh yeah, good peeps, good peeps. Oh. Um, all right, so let's see what else we got here. Uh, oh, yeah, by the way, last episode for Volume 3. This is it. This is it. That means... Can you hear the smile on our faces right now? Cause yeah. Because <laughs> new things are coming. That means that next week, our, um, our we may or may not be in a different place. Things will be a little different. And um, we are going to be returning with our storyline next week. Yeah. But there's something else pretty big that's happening next week jibs yeah so you know what we thought why not start volume four off with a bang and so uh rich lambert's gonna be on the show next week that's happening hey yep yeah babe that's happening and then we got the new storyline it's coming back at the end of the episodes it's gonna be awesome we got some new things in store for you um one of the actually a couple things i can tell you now um that we're going to continue doing based off your feedback one is the armory you loved that segment from what we gathered from you. And uh, so we're going to keep that going. You'll see that in more in uh, Volume 4 as well. And on top of that, um, let's see what else we got. What else we got? Oh, yeah, um, side quests, the, the extra content we're putting out on our feed. That's going to continue on. You can look for that throughout our feed throughout the week. It's kind of separate from Volume 4, but it's happening during Volume 4, so I thought I'd tell you. It's separate. Basically what that is is that that's Jibs talking lore while he road rages yeah. in Indiana. <laughs> Man, you don't know road rage. Actually, you do. You of all people know road rage. Oh, I what? definitely know I road rage. Can't, I can't even continue that statement. All right. Well, before we get started, everybody, if you are looking for a free book, if you're finished with your episodes and you're like, oh, now what? I've been there. You know, you finish your favorite podcast or whatever you're listening to, and you're you're just like, yeah, I don't know what to do now. Well, we can help you out with that. You can get a free audio book on the show. Here's what you do. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash loreseekers. You sign up for the free 30-day free trial there at Audible, and you get to keep your book 
uh, even if you cancel service, you still keep get to keep your free your free choice, your free book. So it's on us. Enjoy it. AudibleTrial.com forward slash Lore Seekers. All right. Are you ready? Always. For the nitty gritty. All right, let me grab my stuff. Okay. All right. So here we are. Oh, by the way, crowns are on sale to the twenty second. That's the thing. If you want to go, if you know, expunge your bank accounts. Done. This is where, it's like a thousand wallets were screaming and suddenly silenced. <laughs> it's like Cash's wallet was filled with dust. Oh, the congestion pack, the one that spilled the coffee. Oh, fantastic. There he is. You're going to be tacos. All right, everybody. Well, it's time for your news. Let's get you caught up. So, Discover Elsewhere and the Khajiit that live there. This is coming to us from ESO's official website. And really, this is kind of a. The next step in the uh, it wasn't a, it's not a fluff article that's not a, that's not a good verbiage it's more like a uh, let's give you some more deets on elsewhere kind of article so there's gonna be a lot of quotes I'm gonna read through this I want to make sure to get this right for you all right so starting off here we've got the land and it's talking about uh, elsewhere's uh, land itself elsewhere's zone lead Greg Roth said quote for us Somerset was more of a departure from our usual milieu where we went to a high-fantasy, visually striking location. But with Elsewhere, we wanted to return to more traditional Elder Scrolls experience. That said, while Elsewhere might not be as green as Somerset, it is still a very exotic land with its own aesthetic and appeal. Goes on yeah, to say... tons of history. Oh my gosh, that's the part I can't wait. I can't wait to read those lore books, you know? I know you're going to be screenshotting. <laughs> you're gonna be, everything you're gonna screech out dude everything. i'm taking a week i'm taking a week off work to be home for this so that i can just immerse myself and ignore people <laughs> just play <laughs> i need it i need this i need, I need this, this win get in my veins all right elsewhere right. senior concept artist joseph uh watmo continued quote it you done good. Oh, thank you very much. In general, we're planning a new zone. We always try to... Or when planning a new zone, I'm sorry. We always try to m take multiple different real-world inspirations and mash them together. For Elsewhere's Grasslands, for example, we looked at West Africa. For the southern, more tropical parts, we looked at southern India, Indonesia, and Thailand. This gives the player an experience that's rooted in reality, but also something a little different. In reference to the uh, rocky terrain, he says, uh, quote, We researched different types of faults, including the kind of rocks they would generate, and investigated what the actual stratification of the rocks would be throughout the whole zone. In The Elder Scrolls Online, there's a reason for everything. We never just come up with something. We look for the reasons why something is here to ensure it's appropriate for the biome and has a real-world analog. Man, that's a comfort. You know? It... It is, and I love the fact that they that they have done their research. They're not just throwing stuff together, but there's always been parallels in this game that you that we can draw to real life. I mean, you look at just the races alone, and the races alone, you know, parallel things in our real lives. You know, the races of the modern world, mm -hmm. and it's pretty neat to see that that's exactly how they formed the world too, and took. Uh, inspirations from, from different parts of the world. So it really brings home the fact that Tamriel is, Nern is very worldly. It's a global 
place and it's huge yeah so you know that all the all these different biomes bring together all these it's like a giant minecraft game oh yeah yeah bigger and um it looks way better and it looks way better <laughs> that's how a five-year-old would have answered <laughs> so it looks good yeah, yeah. It looks more better um right. so yeah i agree 100 percent. i I was really, and I said this last week, you know, and, and they already kind of talked about it, you know, when they were talking about um, uh, Somerset. But for me, like, this zone, the more and more I see it and the more I look at the map, you know, everything that we can look to, uh, look forward to experience with that, you know, it's, um, man, I can't wait. I cannot freaking wait. No, yep, no ranging. All right, so next we've got Kevin Bohm from ESO's lead artist in charge of world... I already read that one. No, I didn't. In charge of world, build... <laughs> world building. <laughs> Quote, the challenge with Elsewhere was the verticality and tra- traversal. Excuse me. Good gracious. Uh, this new zone features a lot of cliffs and a huge gorge that runs right through the middle. So it was tricky to build all those canyons and vistas without making it too difficult for the player to navigate. In several locations, we had to go back and add more paths out. Because while they were really cool to look at, if you're stuck in a canyon and you have to ride 100 meters to find a path up, it can be frustrating. We oh, spe- yeah. <laughs> we spent time near the end and making sure key elements were visible at great distance, such as the aqueducts or the city of Orcrest. Uh, so you could always feel like you're heading towards something interesting. Yeah, World I have building, been. Man. Um, I've been stuck before. Yeah, with that debacle, where you're trying to get around to something. You know what's really bad for it is Rothgar. A oh yeah, Crack- yeah. Oh, okay. Some of those, yep. Yep. some of those areas in there, like when I'm going to do uh, surveys and stuff for crafting. Oh my god, it's like you got to go out. You have to like memorize a route if you're going to be there multiple times because it will drive you insane trying to find the stinking x oh yeah absolutely like uh it's kind of funny you, you know what you're talking about routes there's actually some pretty good uh farming routes you should do that while you're doing that <laughs> in crack oh i usually i usually do oh yeah yeah i can't i can't go five feet without stopping to pick something up for crafting oh i know um you know man like i just when i compare these zones so like i'm looking at elsewhere versus um uh, let's just say shoot what would something else be close um uh, what's what's the Kijiji ones we already have? Um, the names Can of Kenarthi's Roost. Kenarthi's Roost. Yeah, when I'm comparing these two, I already see the vibrant colors that are they're really pulling into elsewhere. I feel like it just looks more much more vibrant than previous representations. It does. It's. I have no doubt that this that these areas are going to be beautiful. And keep in mind, too, my friends, Jibs and I are not playing on PTS. We no. are not no. going to spoil it. We did the same thing with Somerset, and yep. there's a lot of stuff out there right now that is. Um, it's great to see it all, and you know some of the streamers are getting to stream it, um, but we're not taking part in it. No. So no, you're no, no. getting you're going to be getting a, like a full fresh perspective from us and all here's the other thing too we would appreciate it if nobody spoiled it like Twitter or Twitch or anything like that. When uh when we're around <laughs> because we yeah. really want to experience it. I think there's a lot of players out there that are like that that they want to actually experience it for themselves and don't want to see 
the stuff on the PTS. Now, part of me feels bad that we're not really helping with the testing portion of it, but I don't like to do that. So. Well, we like to give a certain oh, yeah. kind of perspective. Like, you know, right. we, we did the same thing for Somerset. I'm not watching any streams. Uh, if, they're, if I'm watching a YouTube video and it starts to kick into Necromancer gameplay, I turn it off immediately. Like, I, we're doing the same thing with Somerset in that we want to give you as real as a first impression as possible. I want to hit you in the face with just shock and awe of how awesome this thing is. You know, that'd be the ultimate. And I want that to be as real as possible. I don't want it to be something I've had to hold on to because I've played PTS for the past month. And plus, I don't want to experience it until everybody is. Yeah, and if it sucks, we'll tell you. It's not going to suck. <laughs> it's not going to suck. It's not going to suck. <laughs> oh, well. well look, I mean, look at Somerset. Look at every single product that they've put out. Yeah. It's a, it's a it's a home run. So oh, I gosh, yeah, it is. I expect it. And one thing I will say too, the Khajiit are really growing on me. Oh my gosh, yeah, absolutely. Not that I didn't like them before, but I really didn't have any Khajiit characters. Yeah. And now that I now that I do and I'm, you know, doing research for the show and then my storyline might have a little bit to do with Khajiit. Um now I'm like really into the the kitchen. Yeah. You posted that picture and we were talking about it this morning. Jibs posted a picture on our Twitter about what a typical Khajiit family meeting looks like. And it had all of the different, well, a bunch of the different, not all of them because there's a bunch, but it had a whole bunch of the different um, subsets of Khajiit. You know, they're uh, Khajiit, as we've talked about before, are they grow under. Um, a certain moon phase. Yeah. And depending on what moon phase they are born under, they turn into a different type of Khajiit. So I was just having a conversation with Jibs today. Like, look at all these different types of Khajiit. There were Alfiq, there were Sentrat, um, there were Cathay, all of, there's a whole bunch of different ones in there. And like, just looking at that concept art, like made me super happy and excited for elsewhere. So I digress. It, this is not going to suck. I'm ex- I'm so excited. Like I was looking at that screenshot. It's up for our viewers right now on Twitch too. Like who the heck is that big freaking yeah. Khajiit in the back? Like everyone's, you know, decent height level and then this dude, heck, a normal sized Khajiit comes up to his waist. Yeah. I want to say that dude's Cathay Rot. Let me take a little look here while you continue. I think you're talk. probably right. All right, so well, I'll continue on while you do that. All right, so as far as Khajiit, the article talked about uh in elsewhere, Khajiit families and clans can consist of very different types of Khajiit. And this diversity of fur stock is always there in the backdrop of your adventures in the new zone. Zone lead Greg Roth continued, quote, We already knew what the stereotypes were, so we had to make sure that we were showing other aspects of the Khajiiti culture as well. For example, the way that their family units work. All Khajiit are born looking roughly similar, but as they get older, they'll grow into different forms depending on when they were born. You can have a brother and a sister that are very differently psychologically. For example, one could be a Centrot and one could be an Alphique. It's a very strange family unit as far as outsiders are concerned. But to the Khajiit, it's very normal. End quote. Yep. And as they grow, they change. Is that Was that a Cathay Rot? I am going to say that that was a Cathay Rot. Although it doesn't look like a Jaguar, but um, Cathay Rot are bigger and stronger than Cathay. Hmm. 
So that might actually have been a Cathay. Okay. Well, that's good. And that's the that's the big old one that's standing up. Now the one that is lying down, mm-hmm. there there's no doubt that that one is um, that one's cinch. Right. Yeah. I mean, we've got that literally on dude. this image for those of you listening, every single kind of uh, Khajiit. <laughs> every it's like every moon phase is present except what well, we got one two three four five I think five so not all yeah, but so quite you, a few yeah so you have the alfique and then um and let me let me digress just a touch the cinch there's usually a they'll name them and then there's a subset of them called the rot r-a-h-t and that's the larger version of it so the one that's lying on the ground is the cinch rot those were the battle cats right so those are those are really easy to um to pick out and you'll be able to see those even on on other like actual in-game screenshots you'll be able to see them um in the game they rendered them pretty damn big yeah so i'm keeping my fingers crossed that this next season if there even is one of um mounts that you can get with your in-game event tickets is going to be some type of a centrot mount customized centrot you know like a little bit more flair (laughs) now you've piqued my interest (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now, yes, how about please. a season instead of the Endric, a season of the Centrot? Yes. Oh my please. gosh! Now we're talking. You know they're gonna they're gonna do something. Now we're talking. You know I'm not against. It. Let me be clear. I'm not against the Endric. I'm not. I know Cash isn't either. We're not. It's no. just um the amount of months that this is going on. That's a long time to put into a brand new mount that no one has any you know real ties to. Right. You know, and if they were changing the mounts all the time, it would be different. There would be a vested interest. Mm. And then you then you you know, maybe you could buy the berries to get the specific um morph that you want and then then hey, I'm I'm done with that one. Yeah. And then there's other options. Yeah. So maybe that's their end game is that they're going to have several different options for different mounts that you can um that you can buy and then evolve. I hope that's the case anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I like the idea of the system, of what they're doing. I look right. forward to seeing what they do with it. Let's put it that way. So, all right. So, moving on to the architecture. Well, you know, we talked a little bit about this last week. But this week on the show, when we're talking about the arch- architecture, the article goes on to say, just like the environment, the Khajiit are an ancient people. And you'll see evidence of their age-old culture in the cities and ruins scattered throughout the zone. Lead artist Kevin Bohm said, quote, When it comes to the structures and elsewhere, there's an older ruin, a ruin set and a newer set that we often used in conjunction. Oh, I love this. The newer style Khajiit buildings were frequently placed on top of Khajiit ruins to show how the culture evolved over time. You can see a combination of those two styles often in the cities, but in the dungeons beneath the ground, you will only find the ruins where it's much more ancient. Ooh, that means a lot of underground delving. You know what I love about that? Is that means you're going to be able to go into elsewhere, look at these structures, the way that they're built, and you're going to be able to visually distinguish what's been built on top of what was ruined. You know? Old from new. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It's a visual representation of the age of this zone. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, finally, senior concept artist Joseph Watmall says, quote, all the sur- surfaces and elsewhere are covered in these layers, layers of ornamentation that have been gradually worn away over time. 
giving the impression that this is where it all comes from. We want players to feel like there is a real sense of inherent culture in this place, like this is where the Kajidi people draw all their ideas from, like it's their home and wellspring. End quote. Hmm. I love it. That's going to be really cool. Yeah, because it just it lends to the fact. And here's something that I just want to make a quick mention of. Um, he's talking over centuries that all of these renovations were done and new buildings were put on top of the old buildings because, right, like the Argonians, the Khajiit have been around on Tamriel since long before the Altmer ever de- or the Aldmer ever decided to migrate there. Yeah. Yep. So that's something that's important to uh, to consider as well. Agreed, hundred percent. And so they continue on is probably with the thing a lot of people are excited about is the fact of the conflict that's going on. So we're going to see dragons. They say, when you arrive in the homeland of the Khajiit, you'll discover a land in strife. It's been torn apart by roaming bandits, imperial invasion, and of course, merciless dragons striking from above. While the people of elsewhere are no strangers to conflict, the combined threats seem overwhelming for the province's scattered defenders. Zone lead Greg Roth said, quote, it's kind of chaos. And you get to see that part of that chaos chronologically as it's unfolding, starting with the prologue. The dragons are loose, and because they were imprisoned in elsewhere, originally within the halls of Colossus, they have spread out across the area. End quote. So it actually goes on to say a little bit more into that. Dragons alone would be enough, but six years ago, Euraxia Tharn and her imperial cohort invaded from the north and now have complete control over Remen, the zone's largest city. In addition to her imperial troops, Euraxia's lieutenants utilize dread necromancy too, allowing her to raise additional forces from the dead. Man, what a douche. Yeah. She sounds like a real ex-wife. <laughs> I don't have one of those. I'm just saying. I can imagine that's how they would be. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I agree 100%. All right, Roth, continue. Quote, Euraxia knows that in the in a battle of attrition, it would not go well for her, so she has set up events so that the Khajiit are discouraged from launching attack on her haven. She has all her siege equipment that she would usually use to defend the city, Pointed at the city. I remember talking about that last week. End quote. So, so I'm not entirely convinced that Euraxia Tharn is like when it says her and her imperial cohort. Mm-hmm. She's got to be working with somebody else. Oh yeah, yeah. Not not just her imperial cohort. There's got to be some kind of a twist well, to this year long story. I agree. I think we kind of get a little bit of a uh, little bit of a little taste. A little taste of the glory. I like the taste. Yeah, it actually goes on to say there are reports that the usurper queen has somehow brokered a deal with the dragons that now plague the land, potentially tipping the advantage in her favor and allowing her to strike out deeper into elsewhere. Oh, yeah, man. Like how we segue. Like how we segue, my friends. Mm. Mm. That was good. <laughs> you did good. Man, I... This is such a different build up, a different build up from the last chapter, and it's it's just as good, if not better. You know, you know what what this reminds me of. What's that? Some of my some of my very favorite games out there, story driven games, 
And this, of, of course, absolutely 100% includes Elder, the Elder Scrolls series and Elder Scrolls Online. Are the games such as like Dragon Age, Skyrim, um, you know, the Morrowind series, um, the Morrowind, not the Morrowind series, Morrowind. And um, oh, what's another one? The ones where you step in as the player and you get this feeling that you are embarking on an epic quest for basically one outcome. You're trying to overcome some type of right. evil in the land or yeah. whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um, Star Wars The Old Republic was the same way. You know, you're you're stepping out into this epic quest. You have a major part in this world. That is what this entire thing is reminding me of. Yeah. Um, of course, yes, your character is is going to be one of the main parts of solving this threat along with your friends you know you end up right. in sunspire and doing all that stuff and and quelling the threat but when they talk about a year-long story that is going to build on top of itself that really gives me the feeling of like this could go on forever there's so there's going to be so much to this story that i feel like i'm going to be questing for a long time the content is just going to keep coming and coming and coming that's the feeling that I'm getting from this particular chapter. Yeah, and you know what? To go off that, that's actually a really good point. It does, to me, it kind of brings back the feelings of more of a personal experience within an MMO. So, like, when it, when it was the build-up to Somerset, everything was huge. You know, it was broad, it was big, it was full of people, it was mysterious, and everyone's going there. You know, like, that was the emphasis, is everyone's going there. Now, we right. obviously know everyone's going to elsewhere, too, but... The way that this buildup feels, it it really does feel more like a personalized story experience. Like I feel like it's much more focused, if that makes sense. Yeah, but like at the same time, remember, whereas um, like Star Wars: The Old Republic, God love them for their storytelling because they did a great job. But you felt so on rails. You know what I mean? Oh my like, gosh! It, oh, it, yeah. To, to me, and maybe yeah. that's what I love about this game so much is. That game, for as good as for as good as it is, and as much as I love Star Wars, right? You felt like you were on rails, and yeah. like there yeah. was nothing going on next to you while you were yeah. out there doing your thing. Exactly. Maybe you'd see somebody else, you know, running around in the world or whatever on their little speeder bike. But yeah, um, in this game, you're on your way to something, and then something else happens, and then holy crap, something else happens, and you, I find myself running away from NPCs. All the time. I mean, of course, we know the major ones in the major cities, but, you know, I'll show up to some area and they'll be like, you know, hold a minute, Sarah. Or Sarah. And right. I'll be like, bro, I seriously have no freaking time for you right now. Yeah. Do you know what my quest log looks like? Yeah. It's, like, it's no, full. Dude, I am 25. I am 25 of 25. I have no time for you. <laughs> so you you get that feeling, that grander scale of a of a living breathing world in this game and i think that's what just sucks me in i agree 100 percent. there's so much more going on around you and uh i I think the biggest mistake i made with somerset um is my first chapter ever coming back to this game ever that i've ever experienced i wanted to get through the main story um i wanted to churn through that like as fast as i possibly could because i was so concerned about seeing spoilers you know, I had never experienced 
I, I really was still getting accustomed to the ESO community and how they handle chapters, etc. And so I missed a lot of side quests. And I'm the kind of person that once I do the main portion, like, eh, I'm, I'm, I'm moved on, you know? And so, like, for me with this chapter, I am taking it slow. And I'm going through whatever side quest I come upon. I'm taking screens. It's just going to be a good old freaking time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, with, with the show, I mean, we're, we're obviously going to do our, do the, uh, new chapter. It's due diligence and get in there and give you everything that you want to hear. Um, absolutely. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of the same way, except for the fact that I'm a little bit more of a completionist mm-hmm. when it comes to stuff. Like if I'm going to do his own, I'm going to, I'm going to do the zone. Right. I'm going to finish it. Yeah. The problem with this game is that, there's so much stuff going on and you know now we have our real life friends are kind of hey do you want to go do this you want to go do that and we're always like yep i do and you go do it and so the completionist in me is kind of dying slowly <laughs> yeah just because the the um social aspect of me oh yeah is now right you know alive and thriving yeah the multiplayer aspect of mmo is coming out yeah yep all right well we hope you enjoyed that so with elsewhere you kind of got a little bit of a little bit of a little taste of what's to come, but you know, patch notes were released for PTS. Now, like we said it earlier, sizable. it was sizable. Now we are very much into not doing spoilers here, even getting into certain patch note content. We will not do it. That being said, at least until it's you know official, the the final notes. Um, that's when we'll dive into it. But what we did decide you know maybe worth looking into was the new item sets and this coming to us from the official forums we'll have all this stuff linked over at lorasecretspodcast.com on the episode page for this episode um there's 14 new armor sets coming 14 14 <laughs> we're gonna have to blast through these we are yeah it's a lot this includes three it- item sets from drops three item sets from crafting and eight item sets from the trial. <laughs> okay. All right. So, well, let's just dive in here. So first uh, we're going to go through this rather quickly uh, for the light armor set. We got crafty Alfik. This is the overland stuff. Crafty Alfik. It's a max, a max magica set. So you're getting 1096 uh, extra max magica for each piece equipped until five, which you get 2560. For a lot, yeah, that's that's. I think it's a good support set. You know, yeah, that's a good that's a second good, set. That's a good. You just hit one sixty. You have a magical character, and you need some armor. I agree, hundred percent. Pick up pretty quick. Yep. Then we got the medium set, which is Vesture of Darlock Bray. Uh, two pieces adds one hundred twenty nine magical recovery. Then you got magical recovery again at four pieces. Reduces the radius you can be detected while sneaking by two meters. Reduces the cost of sneak by 10%. And at 5, while crouching, you restore 670 magicka and stam and heal for 670 health every second. Woo! Woo, okay. I like that. That, uh, you know what? That that may work for my new thief. That may be a part of his, uh, his little thing there. That's cool. And then uh, we got, for the heavy set, we got Call of the Undertaker. Adds 4% healing taken. Uh, 1206 max health, 4% healing done, 1206 max health, and at 5 pieces, this sounds fun, when you deal damage with a light attack, 
you apply minor lifesteal to your enemy for 8 seconds, healing you and your allies for 600 health every 1 second when damaging them. This effect can occur every 8 seconds. Hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a really nice tanky tank set. I agree. That's cool. I dig that. So for crafted, we've got Cinch Rot's Grit. I'm assuming this is the light set. Uh, they didn't list it here. Adds 4% healing done, 1206 max health, 4% healing taken. And after being damaged by a damage over time ability, increase your healing received by 6% and your physical and spell resistance by 2500 for 3 seconds. That's a tank set. That's not a that's not a, a light set. That's a tank set. That's what that is. That's a uh, healing received by 6 physical and spell. Taken, yeah. Yep. It looks like a tanky set. Yeah, I agree. All right. That's a tanky set. So for uh, medium, we've got <laughs> Vastery's Tutelage. For uh, two pieces, we've got 1096 max stam. Three pieces, 1206 max health. Four pieces, 1096 max magica. At five pieces, it adds 129 max or 129 magica recovery and stam recovery. And when you resurrect an ally, you and your ally gain 258 weapon and spell damage and 10% cost reduction in their abilities for 10 seconds. Like a, it's almost like a new uh, Shacklebreaker set that's, with a really nice five-piece bonus. That's really calling out to the uh, Necromancer healing with the uh, that alt, you know, AoE halt or uh, yep. res alt. Um, then we got, I'm assuming this is the light armor set, so Cold Harbor's favorite. Two pieces, 1096 max magica. Three pieces, 1096 max stam. Four pieces, 129 spell damage. Another, oh, and then another 129 weapon damage. And at five pieces, when you heal yourself or an ally, summon Caldwell's Noble Mount Honor, who after two seconds casts a healing spell on you and allies around him that heals for 12,000 health over four seconds. When you damage an enemy, summon Cadwell's Noble Mount Honor, who after two seconds explodes, damaging enemies around him for 12,000 magic damage over four seconds. Honor can only be summoned every 10 seconds. Wow. Only every 10 seconds. (laughs) Six times a minute you can have Honor up with you. So that's this could be a pretty pretty powerful set for, uh, for healers, for sure. Oh, yeah. Pretty cool. Oh, yeah. And that's it for that stuff. Now the trial. You got the trial stuff? Yeah, there's some trial sets here that are actually pretty cool. There's one called False God's Devotion. It's a light set uh, for Magic and DPS. Two pieces adds 833 spell critical. Three pieces you gain minor slayer at all times, increasing your damage done to dungeon trial and arena monsters by 5%. We've seen that many times before. At four pieces, you add another 833 spell crit. At five pieces, you get uh, both 129 spell damage and the uh, five-piece bonus. Reduces the magicka cost of your abilities by 8%. Hmm. And then when you kill an enemy, you restore 2100, like 2150 magicka, and gain major expedition for eight seconds, increasing your movement speed by 30%. Um, a pretty damn good set. I'm calling right new best in slot for magicka DPS. Yeah, so if you're running, say, uh, here, like, say you're running to uh, maximize your crit, and say you're using, like, a Khajiit or something uh, to maximize your spell crit, 
but you don't have the best uh, the best recovery or the best uh, sustain with your Magicka. This would be a good set for you. Yeah, absolutely. The next one is called the Tooth of Locustes. This is a medium set. This is for stamina DPS. Two pieces adds 129 weapon damage. Three pieces, again, you gain Minor Slayer at all times, increasing your damage done to Dungeon Trial and Arena Monsters by 5%. At four pieces, you gain another 129 weapon damage. And then the five-piece bonus is when you activate a synergy. Remember those little X's, little clicky-clickies that your buddies put down for you. You gain Major Slayer for 15 seconds, increasing your damage done to Dungeon and Trial Monsters by 15%, which is a pretty big increase for 15 seconds. So it's a good time to drop your ulties and stuff like that. Agreed. If... Yeah, if by chance you, you know, that's pretty much what you do. You're like full PvE player and you love to run dungeons, and this is a really good medium set for you. The next one is called the Eye of Novintas. This is a light healer set. Two pieces adds magicka recovery. Three pieces you gain minor Aegis at all times, which reduces your damage taken from dungeon trial and arena monsters by 5%. Four pieces adds over 1,000 max magicka. Five pieces, when an ally activates one of your synergies, you and the ally who activated the synergy get a 12% cost reduction for non-ultimate abilities for three seconds. Meh. Three seconds. Yeah. A fart occurs in three seconds. (laughs) You got to get on it. Yeah. This effect can occur once every six seconds. So they lowered the amount of time that it can can occur. It's probably just going to proc a lot. Yeah. When I say proc, I mean this ability is going to activate a lot more than it would uh, with something that uh, lasts a lot longer. Agreed. The next one, the heavy tank set, is called the Claw of Yonakrin. Yolnakrin. Yolnakrin. Thanks, Jibs. You're I welcome. You... I just I'm <laughs> here all week. And by the way, it was Locestis um, earlier. So you know, if you're gonna okay you're gonna do it at least get it right i mean gosh if i didn't have so many so many words to cover right now i would totally word battle you but, okay we got stuff to <laughs> don't do. be a douche come on let me win so this is a heavy tank set this one adds uh 1200 maximum health at two pieces three pieces you gain minor aegis all the time which as we said reduces your damage taken uh four pieces adds over a thousand maximum stamina five pieces when you taunt an enemy as a tank you give yourself and up to 11 group members Minor Courage for 15 seconds, increasing weapon and spell damage by 129. This effect can occur once every eight seconds. That is a kick-ass tank set. I agree. I like that one. That's a great, great five-piece bonus. Mm, 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 So now mm. there's you have the uh, perfected versions of the uh, trial stuff. The first one is Perfected God's Devotion for Magicka DPS. This one adds spell critical, minor slayer, spell damage, an additional at five pieces adds an additional thousand max magicka, and then also reduces the cost of your magicka abilities by 8%. And then when you kill an enemy, you restore 2150 magicka and gain major expedition for five seconds, increasing your movement speed by 30. So when you have a full set of this, you basically can kill an enemy suck all of his resources back into your magic uh, and run away at a high speed laughing. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> what you could do with this set. Agreed. Uh, the next one, the perfected tooth of Locestis. 
however you say it, jibs, is your stamina DPS set. Uh, you're gaining added weapon damage at 129, uh, gaining minor slayer. You're increasing weapon damage again at four pieces, at five pieces, another 833 uh, weapon crit. And then at five pieces on the perfected, you activate a synergy. When you activate a synergy, you gain minor slayer or major slayer for 15 seconds, increasing damage done to dungeon trial monsters by 15 Man, I'm kind of liking that set the more and more I look at it. Right. That's that's a lot. Uh, the next one, the Perfected Eye of Navintas. Navintas. healer set. Dude, tomato, tomato. Just want to throw that out there. <laughs> Navintas. Okay. Uh, two pieces adds 129 Magicka Recovery. Three pieces you gain minor Aegis at all times, which was the uh, reduction of damage taken by Dungeon Trial and Arena Monsters. Four pieces adds 1096 Max Magicka. Five pieces adds another 1096 Max Magicka. And then at five pieces, when an ally activates one of your synergies, click the damn X. Click the X. You and the ally who activated the synergy get 12% cost reduction for non-ultimate abilities for three seconds. This can, uh, can occur once every six seconds. So basically, the difference between a non-perfected and a perfected is in that five, when you hit that five piece, you get an additional like 1100 um, of whatever resource your character uses, whether it's um, stamina or magicka. And that is, it's pretty standard even now with perfected sets. The last perfected set is a tanking set, the perfected claw of, now you want to give it a shot? You're pausing your, to make sure you get it right? No, I'm pausing to make sure you're not going to correct me. Oh, no, 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 go ahead. Yolnacreen. Yeah. Kren. You are such a girl. <laughs> Two pieces adds 1,200 maximum health. Three pieces gives you minor Aegis at all times, which reduces your damage taken from Dungeon Trial Arena Monsters by 5%. Four pieces adds uh, over 1,000 maximum stamina. Five pieces adds another 1,200 maximum health. And then when you taunt an enemy with the, with the five pieces, you give yourself and up to 11 group members minor courage for 15 seconds, increasing weapon and spell damage by 129 that can occur once every eight seconds. So these are pretty good sets. I think I think some of these sets are going to be replacing best in slot sets. I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, you know, last week I said uh, I I probably would never see Sunspire, but now I'm making it a point. I want to see Sunspire to get particularly the uh, what was it? The light set, the uh, false gods of devotion. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Why would you think you'd never see Sunspire? I just, you know, I didn't know if I'd be on that level. And then I thought, wait, we have a pretty killer trial lead in <laughs> in Lord Seekers. Yeah, and it's not, I mean, it's not just our pretty killer trial lead. She's amazing. Blood Eye's awesome. But we also have incredibly skilled players in our guild. We do, yeah. yeah like, way better than you and yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, all you got to do is just ask them for a carry, and we're good to go. I'm going to throw a mill in your back pocket for a you'll carry. Def- you'll definitely see this. I mean, oh, I will. basically what you're looking at right here is you're looking at cloud rest. Yeah, that's true. I mean, not the same mechanics and everything, right. but this is this is the trial for this next chapter, which, I mean, how many times have we been through cloud rest? A freaking billion trillion times we've yeah. been through cloud rest. So, yeah, you'll absolutely see this content for sure. Chat says we believe in you, Jibs. Thank you, chat. Appreciate you. You know, I really like these sets, but you know what I like most? While you were talking, chat was just going off about uh, my corrections. I just want to point out, 
Uh, they are calling it now the Apocalypse. That uh, We've entered the Apocalypse with Jibs. Jibs is correcting cash on verbiage. And I know. It's like it's like Bizarro Jibs. Because like, now Jibs is back in school now. So <laughs> check out the big brain on Jibs. <laughs> Jibs is drowning in college debt. He's douche. really friggin' smart now. <laughs> Oh, I man. literally just had like a freak attack because my cat was standing on top of my um, was standing on top of my tower. Remember what happened last time? He was standing well, on so top of my tower. Some for, for some reason you disappeared. Then I'll know why. Yeah, yeah. So last time my cat was one of my cats was on top of my tower. He stepped on the button and turned my tower <laughs> off in the middle of the recording. It was awesome, and he survived the whole thing. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, friends, I did not murder him. <laughs> <laughs> we love him. All right. We hope you enjoy the news, and we want to know what you think. What do, what do you think of these new sets? Email us. Or, as you'll hear later, we want to hear some calls from you. You can always call us at 765-382-6961. If you want to be used or potentially used on the show, we ask that you keep it around a minute or less. Uh, and you can always email us, Podcast at gmail.com. So... We need to contact Google and get um, a better phone number. You, you don't like that I one? Want three, I want 382-6969. And with that, I'm going to summon a lore book here for you guys. So, Jim, <laughs> take a step back real quick. Ready? Okay, here we go. Okay, here we go. All right, friends. With our fifth anniversary celebration of Elder Scrolls Online well underway... We felt it would be appropriate to cover our friends, the five companions. We've already talked about old Abner Tharn, but what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about each member to kind of honor each member of the five companions. No, we're not going to talk about the vestige because that's you. You're already honored every day in game. So there's that. But this week, we're going to cover the life and the legacy of Varen Aquilarios. It's kind of a homeless looking dude, but it's okay. He had a really cool life before. So don't judge the homeless. They probably have had amazing lives and then they became homeless. So it's no different with the prophet. <laughs> anyway, I don't think Jibs is, he's not even laughing at me. So you guys can laugh with me. Anyway, we're going to cover Varen Aquilarios today. And we're also going to cover our very favorite, Lyris Titanborn. If you don't know who she is, she's the Nord Lady that is standing over you at all times. Let's talk about Varen Aquilarius, though. He's got a pretty interesting story. He was born in the second era year 536. Varen Aquilarius is the son of a Colovian duke. He became first noticed when he led a rebellion against Leovic the Reachman of the Le- or the uh, Reachman dynasty for legalizing Daedric worship across the empire. The Colovians and Varen Aquilarios did not agree with the legalization of Daedric worship across the empire. So the population became outraged and that prompted Varen Aquilarios to take action. One of Varen's earliest accomplishments was the building of Varen's Wall, which is a stone wall spanning his home on the Gold Coast. Varen wanted his home and the population protected 
should Leovic's forces decide to invade once the rebellion started? So here's a fun fact. Baron Aquilarios based his rebellion against the Reachmen in the city of Bruma and called upon Abner Tharn for assistance in ridding the landscape of the Daedric threat and their enablers, the Reachman dynasty. As you know, Abner Tharn would later become one of the five companions alongside Varen Aquilarios. In the Second Era, year 586, just eight short years before the events of Elder Scrolls Online, Varen Aquilarios and his army would reach the Imperial City, storm the White Gold Tower, and defeat Leovic and his forces. Aquilarios drove his sword into Leovic's heart at the foot of the ruby throne and took the title of emperor for himself. That's dirty. Very dirty. If you've played the White Gold Tower, some of this might sound very familiar. Varen then took Clivia Tharn, the wife of Leovic, the dude he just killed, as his bride. So Clivia Tharn! That's became a voice his wife. you do not go to sleep peacefully with at night. The scroll is mine. Yeah, yep. that one. That is from White Gold Tower. Not coming home to that, honey. Good Ugh. lord, that sounds like a bad I'm record. Gonna... We're like, yeah, I'm coming. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> so anyway, Baron Aquilarios took uh, Clivia Tharn and as his wife. And this was done due to Abner Tharn's assistance and his loyalty during the rebellion. He basically said, I shall take your sister. So it was kind of a payback to Abner. Be like, hey, buddy, Knuckles, I got you. Hmm. Kind of one of those things. Another fun fact. Due to the mass amount of bodies produced by the fighting at the White Gold Tower, the market district of the Imperial City was converted into the Memorial District and filled with many, many graves. This can be seen in the dungeon, White Gold Tower. Uh, Emperor Aquilarius was known to be a good man and a good and just leader, and he strived to do right by his people. It wasn't until later that he truly effed up. He was constantly haunted by the fact that he was not of dragon's blood and not a true dragonborn. Now, this was a trait that was held by all emperors of Cyrodiil. And he did not have dragon's blood. So because of that, he felt he was not a legitimate ruler and he was constantly looking for ways to remedy this. Oh, well, he found a way. In order to find the Amulet of Kings, Aquilarios founded the Five Companions. The Amulet of Kings would play a very, very special role in this. Now, from this point forward, I am going to give you a spoiler alert. The main quest line of Elder Scrolls Online will kind of be covered in this next portion. I know we've talked about it before, but this is very specific to uh, Varen Aquilarios. So, if you have not, if you're newer to the game and you have not played through the main quest line, you may choose to not listen to Skip the rest of the show minutes. until you hear until you hear the music playing. Yeah, don't put a timeline on me. Don't you do that. You know what? Skip ahead three minutes. <laughs> I love you, hate you, buddy. I love you, hate you. Okay, so anyway, spoiler alert, done. 
All right. So in the process of finding the Amulet of Kings, Varen Aquilarios and the rest of the companions were betrayed by Manamarco the frickin' worm. Uh. They entrusted him as one of their own. The necromancer... Oh, God, that just gives me chills talking uh, about that. Uh-huh. Oh, give me chills. Uh. The necromancer Manamarco had deceived Aquilarios by telling him that he could become a true dragonborn if they slightly modified a ritual using the Amulet of Kings. That's why they went after the Amulet of Kings. That's what the whole five companions was about, finding it. By modifying the ritual, Akatosh would be convinced to gift Varen Aquilarius with the blood of a dragon, making him legitimate as a ruler. But the ritual backfired because Manamarco had already corrupted the Amulet of Kings. Dirty. Super dirty. So Varen had unknowingly broken the divine agreement between Akatosh and Alessia, and this agreement was set in place to protect Nern from the corruptive forces of Oblivion. The veil was shattered. The circle is complete. So the veil was shattered and resulted in something called the Soul Burst. The Soul Burst was a powerful wave of magical energy and blasted outward from the Imperial City, and Emperor Aquilarios was lost in the explosion. Aftershocks of magic spread across Nern, and the veil between the planet of Nern and Oblivion was now open. And this is where Molag Bal, the Daedric Prince, took advantage of it and secretly began to infiltrate Nern on a global scale. The veil was shattered. So all of a sudden you have all these things from Oblivion coming in. Molag Bal, who was secretly working with the Necromancer Manamarco, led the Daedric Charge and began to murder the citizens of Nern including your character by stealing their souls to fuel the plane meld. His ultimate goal to pull Nern into his Daedric realm of cold Harbor. That is the basis of your story. And that's why the prophet is such a giant. Mm -hmm. That's why Varen Aquilarios is such a giant portion of your personal story. Now, Let's talk about the transition of Varen Aquilarius. After the soul burst, Varen was lost. His memory was wiped, and he was found by moth priests wandering outside of their abbey. So he was taken in by the priests. Aquilarius was entrusted and began to study the Elder Scrolls and really regain much of his memory back in this process. But because of his consistent studying of the scrolls, he became blind and frail, which is a known side effect of excessive exposure to the ancient text. So like when the commercials for the Elder Scrolls come up and it's like 10 or 15 seconds of explanation of what the Elder Scrolls is and the rest of the commercial for like a whole minute tells you the side effects, that's what they tell you. If you take this medication, you will go blind. You're going to die. And that's what happened to Aquilarius. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the reading of the scrolls and why that actually happens. The reading of the Elder Scrolls is known to make the the reader progressively lose their sight. 
The temple of the ancestor moths, located in the Draal Mountains of Chadenal, is the home of the moth priests, who are the only ones that are allowed to study the scrolls. They are mostly blind. They live a life of leisure. They live a life of seclusion. And they cultivate the lives of ancestor moths, harvesting their silk and spinning it into bolts of cloth. Now, Jibs, I specifically remember you talking about the ancestor moths in a previous lore lesson and about how they are used in certain rituals. Mm -hmm. I'm not asking you to recall that. Thank you very much. You probably purged that. I have. But it is a very. Definitely slow. The process, yeah, the process of how these Elder Scrolls are read mm -hmm. involves the ancestor moths. And oh, it's, yeah. it's very, very. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. So a little fun fact about the uh, Ancestor Moth. The Order of the Ancestor Moth is one of many cults on Nern. The members of the Order, called the Moth Priests, believe it is their sacred duty to study and translate the Elder Scrolls themselves to assist the sitting Emperor of Tamriel. Hmm. Then might that be why they assisted Varen Aquilarios? Hmm. Exactly, because they knew who... He was, because they can foresee Correct. the future. Yes. Yeah. So I thought, like, well, that's why they helped him. They're such good guys. They're so kind. They're so barbecue very together. Kind. I know. Wait, are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> so the priests also search the landscape of Tamriel to find new hidden scrolls. The scrolls are housed at the library of the White Gold Tower once they find them. Now they're blind. How the F do they find them? I don't know. I was like, what? How do they find them? Anyway. Maybe it's a they, story for another one, doesn't it? We'll just keep that uh, a mystery. It's, in, it's a mystery. <laughs> so Varen Aquilarios very rapidly aged due to his reading of the scrolls, but he also became considerably wise in the process. He became known as the Prophet... He gained an awareness of past and future events. Although he was very, very frail in appearance, he had to rely upon his staff to remain aware of his surroundings. So it's like blind man crossing the street using right. his staff. The prophet is known to speak in riddles and is at first very, very secretive about his origins to the vestige. That's player. So there's that. Baron Aquilarius eventually began to prophesize across the land, which was kind of a dumb move because he got the attention of Man of Marco. He's like, wait a minute, what? You're still alive? <laughs> I thought I knocked you the F out. <laughs> uh, Baron Aquilarius was subsequently arrested on the grounds of rumor mongering and treason. Go figure. It's like big old set of nuts on Man of Marco. Uh, Varen was then transferred into the custody of Molag Ball, the Raper, which sounds terror like a terrible place to be. He imprisoned Varen Aquilarios in the Wailing Prison, which um, is in Molag Ball's realm of Cold Harbor. Now, yes, you do get to play through all of this. I just like to connect all the dots for you people who are trying to just speed through the quest. You may not speed through it. No, no. Go slow. So anyway. That's Varen Aquilarios. He is very, very, very important in this story. And he's he's made some mistakes. I mean, give the guy a little break. You know, made some mistakes and wasn't true Dragonborn, but hey, it is what it is. Okay. Now, talk about our girl. Mm. She's a huge. She's Lyra's Titanborn. Freak. The 
Mel Nord Warrior. Keep it in the circus. Mel Nord Warrior. She is born of giant's blood. Let's talk a little bit about her life. She is a friend and ally of the Prophet and a member of the Five Companions. You will learn in your story that Titan's born father, Galder, Galder, there you go, better, was a man descended from giants himself. But due to Lyris's abnormally large size as a newborn, he killed her mom. I was getting ready to say, can you imagine giving birth to that? Yeah, my mom couldn't imagine giving birth, and yeah, we'll leave it at that. Mm. <laughs> Poor woman. Mm. Yeah, so reminds me of Game of Thrones with little Tyrion, but oh my, we'll just keep on moving. No spoilers. So sensing her father's disdain, but still feeling responsible. Lyris eventually left home to fight for Emperor Varen Aquilarius in the Imperial Legion, and they became very close friends. She was ridiculed. I mean, she's, she was massive. She was ridiculed and bullied by fellow soldiers, but she was steadfast as a warrior in both mind, body, and spirit, which led to her leadership skills. And that's why she became noticed by Varen Aquilarius and why they became very close friends and eventually she was asked to become one of the five companions. So eventually, as she rose through the ranks and became a very, very trusted advisor, um, she would assist in the forming of the five companions alongside Abner Tharn, the dragon guard leader, Sai Sahan, and the battle mage, Mana Marco. And then they would set out in, in between 580, uh, second era 580 and 582. That is when they set out to find the Amulet of Kings. It took them two years to find it little bit of a fun fact here there is definitely most definitely 100% indubitably some hanky panky going on in between the sheets between Sai Sahan and Laris. whoa <laughs> I'm just saying something going on hmm okay she towers over him too which is so funny oh my god Damn, dude. is definitely a little spoon. I'm <laughs> just picturing that. I'm going to stop. Right. I'm going to continue. In ESL, Lyris Titanborn is first encountered by the player, which is you, the vestige in Molag Ball's realm of Cold Harbor. She explains why the players are in the Wailing Prison and helps the player escape. You stop that. I am in character. Right now. <laughs> oh. So, the first two weeks of the ESO's uh, five year anniversary event come to a close. You've had an opportunity to get the motifs for both the Prophet and Lyra's Titan Born. If you missed it, don't worry. You can either buy or trade the motifs from other players, or you can take part in the last week of the celebration in which you will have another opportunity to earn all of the motifs during that last week. Um, and then very soon, not going to say when, but very soon we will cover the rest of the five companions besides Abner, because we've already covered Abner Tharn when the prequel quest was given to us. So we're not really going to. Um, oh, man, that was good. Yeah, buddy, that was a good one. That was one. a good and one. If I, if I had more whiskey in me, I would probably have peed my pants. <laughs> <laughs> because that visual is 
It's formidable. <laughs> but I, I love Lyris. And, I, and do hey, look, I do too, man. Look, people, I'm, I'm six foot three IRL, so I can handle the height. Six foot three with knife mm-hmm. ears. With knife ears, that's correct. He's a walking Aldmer. Yeah. Aldmer. Oh, man. All right. Well, that that was... totally just got right by you. I'm a bald. Yeah, no, I got you. It was stupid, so I ignored it. Or I'm gonna... <laughs> Dude, you're effing hurtful. Oh. You're all giggly. Oh, I'm man. So you know, I, I was laughing at Little Spoon, but then chat decided to say, quote, he's not afraid to climb that mountain. <laughs> That's right. Probably which. Probably crap and funny oh. crap, so throw that out there oh my gosh all right well holy crap oh look who it is walking up here i've been looking for you got something i'm supposed to deliver your hands only oh he's Uh, back thanks it's it's mail it's the mail time yeah i get it why does the notes in our show notes say mailbag balls walk up what oh my gosh it (laughs) does It literally says mailbag balls walk up. <laughs> so apparently the courier oh. is not here, but his balls are. <laughs> and those are some very talented testicles oh. for him to be able to bring us our mail. Hi. Those testes are made for walking. <laughs> My God. Derailed. Oh. Holy cow. All right. Well, it's that time. When you bring us your mail, this time it's in the form of voicemails, and we've got a couple here. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Whew, I'll recover. I'll make it through. All right, back on track. Back on track. All right. Well, this first one is coming to us from Brian on character creation help. Let's take a listen. Hey guys, uh, I'm Brian from the. Xbox chapter of Lore Seekers, Brian is way rad on Xbox Live. Um, obviously, huge fan of the show. I binged it over the course of a couple weeks at my night job, throwing freight at Winco. Anyways, uh, I just wanted to ask your guys' opinion on something, and sorry for the terrible sound quality. I'm on my way to San Juan Capistrano to pick up my girlfriend. Um, I don't know why you guys needed to know that, but now you do. I, uh, I was playing through Somerset and overheard some of the uh, Altmer military types talking about the uh, the Marines that were getting killed by the Sloat and all the other dangers on Somerset trying to protect Somerset. And that was pretty cool to me because I'm actually a Marine veteran myself. I was stationed out here in Southern California. And I thought, I really want to create... Uh, a character that's kind of a Marine, and because the only mention that I've heard of Marines in the game has been from the High Elf, I thought I'd make it a High Elf. But I'm just curious what your guys' take would be on it. From a lore perspective, what would be the best class for a High Elf Marine to go by? Um, keep up the good work. Uh, you guys are awesome. Thanks for listening to me talk about things. Um, Shout out to all the guildies who never see me because I work 60 hours a week. You guys are the best. All right. So Brian wants to know what kind of character can he create that would best represent that Marine aspect and style of his real life? So first off, thank you for your service, sir. Absolutely. Appreciate that. Second of all, you want to take the lead? 
Or you need a so moment. He's looking for, you know, he's looking for a class. He's, he wants to kind of yeah. bring the embodiment of his real life, you know, Marine whole aspect right. of his life into the game. So what could he make? What race? What class? I would just do that. I, I would say 100% Imperial. Because that's going to put you into into a military standing, like right off the bat. I mean, like that's what they do, right? Um, that you know, like uh, light infantry is 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 huge with the Imperials. Um, yeah, so I would almost say um, a tanky type of a class. So maybe a Dragon Knight, Imperial Dragon Knight, stamina based, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sword and board. Um, it depends on, you know, if he likes to play PvP or PvE, he's going to have a couple of different types of builds he can go with. But if you're really looking for, like, a soldier type of a class, you could certainly go with an Imperial Dragon Knight sword and board. That's a really if good If you're call. looking for more of, like, a scout type of a class, you could certainly play um, a Nightblade or, you know, even more of a stamina ranged. Agreed. No, it's funny. But Imperial. I think Imperial all the way. Yeah, I would say Imperial. It's so funny your head went there. Mine went like way off in right field. I thought of Red Guard. My first thought was Red yeah. Guard because of how they specialize, like how fierce of a killer they are with the swords yeah. and all that. Absolutely. Well, the reason that I say Imperial is just because, you know, the Imperial Legion and how the, how, how regimented the Imperial culture is. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's very militaristic and yep. very regimented, and that's why the Imperials were, you know, are very very successful as a race. Yeah, I mean, shoot, you could really just say you could really use any class, but as far as races are concerned, uh, Imperial, I think Red Guard, I think, uh, uh, what else? What's another good one? You know, High I Elves. Mean, ev- yeah, like every single race has an army. Correct. You know, they all have a mil- you know, military branches. Uh, some are just more um, primitive than others. So it really depends on the style you like to play. But if you're looking from like an infantry infantry perspective, I would absolutely 100% say Imperial. Yep. There you go. Well, Brian, thanks so much. We appreciate it. Uh, well, all right. Next we got here Master Conniff. I know that name. The Lord Secret Community. This is on Achievements. Let's take a listen. Hello, Jibs and Cash. This is Master Conniff from the Xbox side of things. A huge shout-out to all the people on Xbox War Seekers. You're a fantastic group, and if you're listening to this episode and you're not involved in the Xbox field or haven't joined it, please do, because uh, we have a ton of fun and we're just friendly and kind of a goofy bunch, you could say. Uh, anyway, I wanted to uh, just thank you, Jibs and Cash, for fantastic episodes. I mean, honestly, your show is one of the main things that keeps me in the game, keeps me engaged with uh, all the new content, all the old content, for that matter. Uh, so really just thank you for allowing an outlet in which we can learn about this uh, amazing game. So I have a question for you. I was perusing your Instagram and saw that one of you completed Maelstrom on Vet. That got me thinking. Uh, I don't think we've ever heard what you guys would like to do, like your accomplishments um, that you've yet to achieve. So your goals or like achievements that you're kind of are like a bucket list achievement of sorts in game. So if you had to choose, like what goal or achievement is kind of like on your pedestal, like a holy grail of an achievement in ESO, 
whether that's Flawless Conqueror, TikTok, uh, Tormentor, something like that, what would you guys choose? Anyway, thank you so much for an amazing show and even a better community. Take care. Well, that's awesome. Thanks, Master Conf. I appreciate the kind words, man. Lots of love on that one. Thank you. Yeah, it was. Lots of love. All right, so bucket list of achievement. You go first. Oh. You go first, and I'll go. Okay. So Mine are going to be different than yours, I guarantee you. Absolutely. Mine, plain and simple, is this right here, because I know everything else will fall on the line after this. Tamriel Expert Adventurer Achievement. And you're like, what? Well, what that achievement is, it's awarded for completing all the quest achievements in the Alliance Zones and Cyrodiil. That's over 752 quests. <laughs> so... Th- oh, I scoff at 752. I know you do after two. <laughs> uh, but to me, this represents more than just a bucket list. It, it If I was able to achieve this achievement it would mean that i found the class that i absolutely love that just resonates with me you know like daily you know how people find that one class like this is it this is it this is me oh yeah i know how they find it and i can't (laughs) i'm well aware it's it's the necro i know and so like for me like i think that's that's it like if if i'm able to achieve that then i know that the necro in me We've had a good relationship, and that means that I've done things in PvP, that this is my end-all, be-all class. And so it's more than just the achievement. It's just the fact of knowing that settling in with a new a new class and that that is now, quote-unquote, my class. Oh, please, 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 please. Right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I like that. I think that's actually that's a very worthy goal. It's an outstandingly worthy goal. Oh, thank you. You ready for mine? Yeah. I want the Explorer title. Okay. Which I believe is Exploring All the Zones. Mm-hmm. Um, but above and beyond that, I want the Flawless Conqueror. The Flawless Con... What one's that one again? That is No Death Maelstrom Vet. Woo-hoo. Dude... I see it all over the place. You can do it. Like there are people out there that have it. You and, can do it. Um, now, having gotten through Vet Maelstrom, I know it's doable. You just have to do it over and over and over and over again. But if I am to like, if I were to come to the pinnacle of knowing that, okay, you're a good gamer. Cause I still don't think I'm a good gamer. I'm, you know, even having been through Vet Maelstrom, I don't think I'm a good gamer. If I can do it, no death, that will be my arrival. So, yeah, I mean, if there's one achievement in this game that I want, it is Flawless Conquer, for sure. That's cool. Good choice. Real good choice. Oh, well, everybody, thank you so much for the, uh, you know, the, the, the voicemails and everything. It's It's been, man, it's been a good episode. And unfortunately, it's that time. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, we want to hear from you. However you listen, be sure to leave a review. But if you do happen to leave a review on iTunes, we uh, give you a shout-out and show you a little bit of love here on the show. And speaking of, we're officially getting mostly caught up today, I think, on all our uh, iTunes shout-outs. This one comes to us from Brandroid from the USA. It says, I don't often get much time to play ESO anymore with a family and a full-time job. 
but the hour-long drive to work and home is always more enjoyable whenever a new episode of Lore Seekers comes out. Love the podcast. Keep it up. Thanks. Thank you, Brandroid. You know what that reminds me of is that reminds me of my first foray into podcasting when I started to listen to shows. Yeah. And it happened uh, about a year before um, Star Wars The Old Republic came out. And I was devouring as many of those shows as I could. And I remember when a new show would pop up on the feed for the ones I was listening to, I got really, really excited. And like when somebody skipped a week, I literally would like get pissy. <laughs> Seriously? Oh, man. I felt, Come on. Yeah. I felt like it, a, my... That's what you do. Yeah. Like I felt so <laughs> off. I'm like, but but where's my... Oh, I need it. <laughs> right. Right. And now, so for us... You know, I feel I feel like very complete that we are able to provide that feeling to other people. Yeah. And I I will say this. You and I are very good about putting a show out every single week. And the only times that we take off are times that we are like that we schedule to take off. Correct. Or if we need a break to, Mm -hmm. you know, to do this or whatever. But, you know, we really haven't had you know, God forbid, we really haven't had any like emergencies or anything where we've had to like full, fully skip a week. Yeah. Well, pretty consistent. I had that so. time where I almost died from illness, but you know, was, yeah, we, we kind of had flu. Yeah, we pulled through. That's okay. We pulled through. Yeah, pulled you're through. right. You're right. Well, thank you so much, Brandoid. Uh, Elksteer, Elkster from South Africa. Whoa. This is literally my favorite podcast in general. I love this so, all cap, much. Congrats on everything you do and for your one-year anniversary. Thank you. Thank you very much. Very That's really cool. Appreciate that. And seize all... I don't think yep. I can finish that. Yeah, you can. Seize all knockers <laughs> from the USA. <laughs> Dirty birdie. <laughs> Tyler, you're from NAX Box Server. Thank you guys for reigniting my love for the game. This is truly one of the best ESO podcasts out there and makes my in real life days at work the closest thing to being on the game. Keep up the excellent work, you guys. Dilly Dilly. Thank you. Dilly freaking Dilly. Oh, bro. Killer freaking name. Oh, that's hilarious. I hope you have a character in the game. Named Seize All Knockers. If you do, please send it to us on Twitter at LoreSeekersCast. I want to see this, if this is really a thing. You want him to send you all the knockers? <laughs> I'll sign up for that. Oh, <laughs> Put me on that list. <laughs> We're so terrible. All right. Well, thank you all so much for your reviews. We appreciate the crap out of all of you. Thank you all so much for listening. You're so good to us. Uh, you can call us 765 382 6961 anytime. Take you straight to our voicemail. Don't be afraid to call. It's all right. You're not going to wake me up. Go straight to voicemail. <laughs> Leave us your voicemails. We want to hear from you. Email us, loreseekerspodcast at gmail.com. And if you are looking to join a guild, well, we got you covered. Now in NAPC, Xbox, and PS4, and EU, PC, and Xbox. PS4 uh, maybe on the way sometime. What? We're looking for those GMs. Anyway, visit uh, loreseekerspodcast.com forward slash guild. Read all about us. Just scroll to the bottom, download Discord, join the Discord server, and apply by typing slash apply and apply to Guild Channel. You can find this show wherever podcasts are free. This includes Stitcher, iTunes, Podcast Addict, CastBox, all the good things, Spotify, wherever they're free, we're there. You can follow us on Twitter, uh, myself at JibsIRL, Cash at LoreSeekerCash with a K, and uh, Cash, we got our uh, show, show accounts. 
We do. We are on Twitter at Lore Seekers Cast. You can follow us on Instagram at Lore Seekers. You can follow us on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash Podcast. And if you're on Tinder, you can follow us at Thick Kajiti Hips. What? Yeah. Swipe right. Swipe right. Choose us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, so much for hanging out with us. We appreciate you. We hope you have a great week in gaming. Stay safe. Stay awesome. And uh, we'll see you next week with uh, Rich Lambert on the show. Take care. Thank you.